you are Locked On Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, folks, this is going to be a conversation between me and Locked On Padres host Javier Reyes. It's a bit silly. We talk about bad contracts. We talk about good contracts. We talk about fancy baseball all throughout these next two episodes, which will go up on Friday and Saturday. So it's a bonus episode on Saturday. Rest assured, we're going to get down to the nitty gritty. We're going to get down to the serious baseball talk on Monday. We're only eight shows away from opening day. So we've really got to get down to business starting on Monday. But allow us to be silly for one last time before we get into the weeds of baseball for the rest of the year. On Monday's show, we're going to dive all the way into the fact that the Royals sent down Chris Bubich. If you want to get my initial thoughts on it, you can go to Twitter at LockedOnRoyals, and I'll now leave you with the show. All right, everybody, as promised, as prophesized, I'm being joined by a a, a favorite guest of mine, to be honest. And it's been a, it's been a while since we've chatted, to be honest with you. Uh, I'm chatting with Mr. Ryland Styles of Locked On Royals and Locked On Thunder, but in this case, more importantly, is the former Locked On Royals. Sir, how are you doing? Doing good. I'm doing better now that you just said I'm your favorite guest of all time. I'll have to go <laughs> report that to the group chat real quick and and get everyone to know. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, sure. Uh, even though I said one of, but you're going to take advantage of that? Okay, fine. <laughs> no, uh, no, anyway. See, the power of editing on my <laughs> podcast feed, I've, oh, that's I've true. cut out the one of. <laughs> that's true. Well, uh, you know. Folks, this is why you get your information from two sources. Anyway, um, the last time we chatted, dude, it was actually, it's been a while. I think it wasn't the end of the regular season. I think that was two times ago. The last time we talked was draft. the famous Thanksgiving draft. Oh, boy. Our, our annual episode now of Thanksgiving. I, that's actually a week long of content discussing yeah. Thanksgiving. <laughs> I, since I have your feed, I just love how every day it was like six parts long. Um <laughs> And it's funny because we never actually got to ask everybody in the chat their take. We we forgot to post that on the socials, so that was an unfortunate misstep on our part. Um, and I just want to also say about Rylan, he is one of the most remarkable Twitter accounts out there. And here's here's why I'm going to say that. It's because we could literally, the asteroid could be heading for Earth. 15 minutes and what will you see Riley tweet about still covering the thunder and breaking down play by play no one matter time what the world happens. was actually crumbling down i was like oh you know sga's out tonight with an ankle injury so, yeah. so everyone knows there was like actual real bad stuff going on there was when the padres trade for blake's done and you're like sga just made a great uh behind the back pass so the little thunder leave 50 to 37 after the the first quarter or something like that it's just oh, like yeah, i've got a job to do i'm nothing Absolutely. but a professional that is true, and you are a professional. So let's be super professional and continue our very professional kind of uh, talk that we had last time, which was about the albatross contracts in baseball. We did God, this before. Yeah, it was it was a long time ago when we did this too. I think this was like June or something like that. Um, so the last time we did this, it was right before the season basically started. So actually, it wasn't June. It was like late June or early July, I think. When the hell did the season? Whatever. That's sorry. I'm messed today. I'm really tired. Um, so we talked about our, our favorite like albatross contracts in the league. I can recap those. And today I wanted to 
one, just look back at what we said and whether or not it was proven right or wrong. Most of them, I think we're proven right on. Talk a little bit about Eric Hosmer and maybe talk about some deals that we think are actually really good and team friendly deals um, for a lot of teams right now or some other guys that we might add to their contracts being a bit of an albatross. So, sir, are you ready to get into this? I'm absolutely ready. I was born ready for this conversation. All right, here we go, sir. So let's start with I did absolutely no prep for, by the way. (laughs) It's okay. Um, So let's start with some of the picks that you made. Some of the names that you listed were Johnny Cueto, Yoenna Cespedes, and Chris Davis. Those were some of the main names that you brought up. We, of course, had some that kind of crossed over and we agreed upon, but those were your three. And I have to say, three for three on those. I don't think there's any mistake on those i know johnny cueto at least pitches while uh us Cespedes <laughs> was even playing and i think is a free agent now if i'm yeah, not mistaken Cespedes, i think he's i think he's a free agent yeah and he's just nowhere to be found so there's that and then chris davis who is still under contract for another year um but i will say you know i don't want to hype you up too much because you did get one thing wrong and that was in quotes i've been all aboard the royals in a 60 game season um, <laughs> this is a real thing that you said and fast forward to now, I think you've made about 150 different jokes saying how miserable you're going to be covering the Royals this year. Apparently, and you're going to be like, yep, that's, that's win number 10. Uh, we're in August. So that's win number 10 for the Royals. So how do you feel about those? Look, I have, uh, I was all in on the 60 game season. You know, I was feeling good sports were back and uh, that quickly, quickly faded away. And, and now uh, you know, the biggest comments from last year's pod was about how negative I was. Well, if you don't want me to be negative, then put a better practice on the field. How about that? We've already gone through that whole charade. Uh, you know, this season, though, there's a bit more optimism now than there was a couple months ago. Of course, you signed Santana, you signed Michael A. Taylor, you signed Mike Miner. I think that this team in, in Kansas City can be an average team and can be a third-place team and a competitive team, which is more than we've gotten to say for, for a long, long time. Yeah, that joke was, uh, you know, we're, we're starting this new initiative called Locked On Now on Twitter and everything, where we make these little post-game videos about what happened. And you know, it, it's easy for basketball because they play, you know, at, at most once every other day. Maybe you have a back-to-back here or there. Uh, but it becomes really hard for baseball because you play 162 times. So do you really need 162 videos of me saying the same thing? Where, yeah, when Merrifield goes three for four and the Royals win three to two or lose, you know, five to six, I mean, uh, what do you really need me to talk about here? So that, that was kind of a joke for teams like Kansas City who might not be kind of that World Series team that lives and dies with every game. Because I think that unless you are the Yankees or Dodgers or Padres, you're not really living and dying day-to-day in baseball. You're kind of just evaluating individuals every single day and, and seeing how that comes together at the end to where the lockdown nows, you know, it, it becomes interesting to handle. And we'll see how it goes this year uh, for all of us whenever we're doing the lockdown nows. I think that there's room to be creative and funny, which has been uh, something that I'm very interested in getting into and seeing specifically yours uh, for the Padres every single day. But yeah, I think that this will be interesting because I think this is our first time, both of us covering 162 of these where last year we had the 60 game season and now we're doing a podcast every single day. There's actual baseball talk about every single day. And then how do you balance what everything means? Because last year was easier in 60 games. Every game means everything. Like you don't have time to, make up a bad week or month. That's what we saw in Kansas city where they come out in September and they're fantastic. Well, if you would have done that in July and, and had a good July, then that September would have meant something. You would have, you would have been able to overcome that, but obviously 60 game seasons, it's going to be fun. I think that it'll be a lot more fun than last year 
just because we know what we're getting ourselves into and we know it's kind of more normal and you don't have a lot of the variables you had last year. All in all, I'm looking forward to a competitive team and we'll see what happens from there. Yeah, and you know, just two things. First of all, yes, I agree. This, you know, you're right. This is the first time we've both covered our teams for a 162 game season. Cause last year was for me, it was just like dazed and confused levels of excitement and just good vibes, honestly. Like I'm just cruising along, enjoying this team that I mean, the beginning was a little bit rough. They started off eleven and twelve, but then of course they become the Padres, which I feel like we don't need to talk about too much on on this particular podcast. Um, for this year, I have to admit I'm a little I'm a little nervous because it's going to be like you know starting in and you know I have more work to do and all these things, and I'm on the East Coast, and I don't know if you knew this, but this is a West Coast team, the Padres. So there's going to be some nights, man. There's going to be some late nights for me trying to uh, keep up with all the things that are going on with the Padres and this team that is World Series aspirations. Yeah, I think this going to be tough. I mean, for sure. And the second thing is I just have to just shout out. Um, what was I going to shout out? I forgot. Damn it. Um, it's not been that great of a shout out. Completely <laughs> yeah, not a good shout out. Um, you. Oh, another thing. I want to just throw out another comment that you made because um, because you got basically everything right on our last pod when we talked about the contracts. You, all of your takes are right, and you've got some more takes. But I do want to just throw out to people, Rylan is capable of dark magic. He messaged our famous Locked On MLB group chat. He was just like, I just got home. I'm ready to tune into the game to see what the Wizard of Haas does. And then immediately, I freaking kid you not, three sec like. I'm going to say like a minute later, he grounds out weakest ground out ever to first base of the playoff series against the Dodgers. And I think that seals up their game two win. So Rylan is capable of warping reality in a certain way. So everyone who's listening now, be careful with what you say about it because he might be able to will things into existence. And I also just remembered speaking of willing things into existence. My last point I was going to make before I stuttered and messed up. uh, We also completed our trade in fantasy baseball which was Ramon Laureano for Benny, Mr. Andrew Benatendi of the Royals. I get Laureano, you get Benatendi. So we had been talking about it. It was like the Billy Bean scene with Jonah Hill and Buddy Ball went there, <laughs> uh, which you appropriately brought up, you know, when he's doing the yes uh, fist pump thing. Uh, it was it was very much like that, I imagine, for both of us. So I'm excited to see what it means and excited to eventually play you in fantasy. And we'll probably have to come up with a wager for that. <clears throat> yeah, it was... It was tough for me to cave into you, but you you didn't budge, and I sat here sleepless <laughs> nights drinking a lot of coffee, uh, trying to get my secretary <laughs> to give you a call at your GM's office. Uh, mm-hmm. But I do remember that vividly, where we were we were all watching that game, that Padres game, in in, in the Twitter DMs that we have for all of our hosts, <laughs> and that game luckily came on at about eight, I want to say Central Time. I was getting home from doing play play of a high school football game. And the game was in progress and it had been a great game and the Padres were making a run. They're making a rally and the, and Hosmer had a couple guys on, uh, you know, and, and the Padres were, were this close to getting over the hump in that game. And as soon as Hosmer's on deck and I get home and sit down and see Hosmer on deck, I go, here comes a ground at the second base. Boom. I've watched mm-hmm. this guy over and over again. We know what's going to happen. <laughs> and we know it's going to go down, but yeah, I, I did that through two or three times with Hosmer. Or he just exact did exactly what I said he was going to do because he's mm-hmm. kind of predictable in that way. But Hosmer had a really good year last year. Yep. And that's that makes it hard again for this year. Mm-hmm. And that's funny because I don't know how you on, that. on the yeah, exactly. How do you evaluate it? And you said now let's go to my 
picks that I made for the Albatross contracts last year. Obviously, we named the, our segment the roast. It was called the roast of Eric Hosmer. And your part, part two, was when we talked about all the bad contracts. Obviously, this includes Eric Hosmer among them. But in quotes for Mr. R- Mr. Ryan style, if Hosmer ever leans into launch angle, you may be singing a different tune. And what happened, folks? He quite literally leads exactly into launch angle and... All the grab balls, all the fly ball stuff, they went up dramatically, or at least the fly ball stuff. But for home runs, he didn't play too many games last season. But Rylan, you were, you were right on the button. Old dogs sometimes can learn new tricks. I am very grateful that Eric Hosmer, I still think, is an extraordinarily bad contract. But it is, yeah, maybe he could be okay. Maybe he could be a little, maybe that veteran presence that the media in San Diego loves to bring up with him and not really, you know, criticize him too much for his on-field efforts. But, you know. Let's let's hope that uh, he could do a lot better this year. And then for some other uh, comments that I made, I brought up Jordan Zimmerman. Honestly, the worst one that I can think of for a free agent signing in a while, honestly, because, I mean, he wasn't even like one year good. I mean, that guy was just a disaster immediately, throws a couple no-hitters with Washington, but then completely falls apart in Detroit. Then I also brought up Jacoby Ellsbury. Very bad contract. The Yankees reached a buyout with him and all that stuff. I brought up Ian Desmond. I think I was correct about that. And I believe he also opted out of this season. So, mm-hmm. yep, Rockies fans, they're going through it right now. And then I brought up Justin Upton, who is not – I don't think he – like he can play, but, uh, I mean, the speed metrics, the exit velocity on him has gone down way low. So I think that – he showed signs of being bad last year. It didn't end up that way. He was more just, eh. I think this is the year where he truly, like, it's it's going to look real, real bad. And we're all going to be making fun of the Angels again. And the last two people are very interesting that I brought up. And that's Will Myers, <laughs> another <laughs> Padres player that had a great season. And Bryce Harper. And the reason I bring up the Bryce Harper one is because I mentioned that just in general, 13-year deals I always have to mention. I would be a hypocrite to not mention that you know, Fernando Tatis Jr., he just signed to a 14-year deal. So do I have to mention that in this little contract kind of discourse conversation that we're having right now? Uh, the answer is no. I refuse to say anything Absolutely negative about not. Fernando Tatis Jr. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, we're not going down that route. But it does need to be brought up if any of the Philly fans want to get on me. And I'm, I don't even think I want to get on Harper. We talked about this a lot last yeah. time. He's, an, um, he's a really good player. And if he just has one more, not to get stupid, you know, mumbo number mumbo jumbo. But if he has like a six or seven war season, then, and if he's just the same as what he did last year in his first year in Philly, the guy's a Hall of Fame player. Like straight up, he's going to have the, the, the volume. I mean, this guy's been playing since he was, I think he debuted at like what, 21 years old. So, or maybe even earlier than that. What was he like 19? I he forgot what it was. Old, yeah. He was 19. He was, he was drafted at 16, I think. And then he yeah, debuted he, at 19. Something with his yeah. high school GD type mm-hmm. of thing. But here's why I don't think you're a hypocrite. You know, I think that, Yes, Tatis did sign this massive deal. Bryce Harper signed it at 27. Tatis signs it at 22. I mean, what are we talking about here? I mean, this is, uh, there's there's not a world in which Tatis stays healthy and he's not in baseball and not playing really well for the next 14 years. So mm-hmm. this is this is much different than signing a guy like Albert Pujols to a 10-year, 12-year type of deal or Josh Hamilton or CJ Wilson just bashing the angels right now, you know, sending yeah. any of those guys to a long-term deal because they were not 22 at the time. You yep. locking up a 22 year old is not, is not scary to me years wise. Now, numbers wise, there is a cynical part 
uh, uh, that you can put out there of here's a guy who's played less than 162 baseball games at the major mm-hmm. league level. But it's it's kind of like the same argument you have with, with Bobby Witt Jr. right now. We're also in an era that we've never seen before. We've never Absolutely. seen guys who 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 dig into baseball year round and only play baseball and, and specialize in baseball and find a way to get ready for baseball every single time to where, yes, we've never seen it. We've never seen a guy be this good right out of the gate like Tatis is. We've never seen a guy, for the most part, go from playing in the Arizona Fall League, no college experience, and going right from high school to the big leagues. But who's to say it can't happen? Because technology, medicine, skill sets, body types, all that stuff is advancing right before our eyes to where it can be possible that Bobby Wood Jr. can come up and can be really good the same way he's been good in spring training and every other phase. Tatis can play less than 162 games and still be this consistent product that we've already seen from him so far. I think that the money portion of it, could get concerning because you know it depends on the ownership group and who knows what can happen with the economics of baseball. And you have that Hosmer contract on the books. You have Machado on the books. How much more can you spend? And when does it start to hit the fan where you start needing to come up, come and pull off of that spending and try to make some money? And then the fan base. I think that this can really rejuvenate the fan base and get Padres fans selling out these games every single day, whenever it's legally and safe to do so. Every single game, whenever everyone can be healthy and do so, to where. Yeah, you're shelling out a lot of money, but you're also going to be investing and getting back a lot of money from your fan base. So I, I don't see a way where Tatis can be a bad contract right now because of the simple age portion of his deal, where he's not 27 like Bryce Harper was. Yes, but absolutely. But Bryce Harper, talent-wise, yeah. might be he might mm-hmm. be an example for Tatis because talent-wise, Bryce Harper came out of the gate and was amazing. I mean, the MVP type of guy. And now there's significant rumblings from just certain groups of people that think that he's overrated and he sucks which I don't think is true, but he hasn't been an all-star since 2018. And I mean, that's, that's not yeah. too long ago, especially when you consider we didn't have an mm-hmm. all-star game in 2020, but still mm-hmm. the future for him is a lot less certain than Tatis's, especially with the way they started out right out of the gate. So I'm more concerned about, you know, what Tatis can develop into because you just never know what can happen to players more so than the years given. I don't think that the years have any, anything to worry about because he's only 22. Absolutely, man. And speaking of speed and efficiency, Rylan, you know what else is really easy to kind of get into? What? BetOnline.ag, sir. It is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. You know, football has been over. I'm sorry, your Kansas City Chiefs did lose the Super Bowl. Just got to be, I got to get a dig in there. I'm sorry. It might be over, but the Uh. NBA with the Thunder or maybe bet actual good teams like the Phoenix Suns or the Brooklyn Whoa. Nets, people like that, right? College basketball, we've got March Madness coming up, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. They've got you covered, basically, in everything. All the news, you know, all the scores and odds. You know, what are the odds for Fernando Tatis Jr. to win the MVP this year? I mean, they've got to be high. Well, they've got them for you on Bet Online. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. And remember to use the promo code what, Rylan? Locked on. That's right. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right. And now before we continue, Rylan, our conversation, before we add into the, the meat of this, the new stuff, because people want to know, did we are we adding any people to the Albatross contract list? That's what the people want to know. But firstly, I got to talk to you 
about something else that has to do with general sports, right? And you got to get all the sports news. That's how you become as prolific as my guest here, Mr. Rylan Styles. You know, you you keep, you pay attention to every facet of sports. You pick up things, and even it helps even in baseball if you're paying attention to football and stuff. Well, thankfully, Locked On they've got you covered. You can get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast host. The, the legendary one, Rylan. I mean, you've heard of him. He's an absolute iconic man. Peter Bukowski, he updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts, including sometimes uh, you, or me, you or myself. Uh, so follow the Lockdown Today podcast wherever you get your podcast, guys. Rylan, how'd you like those ad reads? Just amazing. I mean, truly iconic that, that you're able to do that in one take. It takes me forever to get through all of those. <laughs> and I'll give you credit, too. The bet online ad read for whatever the reason, I always just start speeding up whenever I read about it. I just I start talking mm-hmm. a thousand miles a minute and it's just crazy. But you do it very very well. I'll also tell you how easy it is to use bet online. While you were talking, I figured out Tatis's uh, odds to win NL MVP, and mm-hmm. he has the fourth best odds to win NL MVP at plus eight hundred, only behind Soto, who's the leader, Bellinger, mm-hmm. and Betts. So hey, there you go. I'm I'm actually. I'm a, I'm I actually I'm fine with Bellinger being higher, but I'm still a little surprised. You know, I thought that the numbers might be down on him just because he wasn't great last year in the regular season. I know he made some great plays before the Dodgers fans start roasting me. He made some good plays, but I'm a little bit surprised by it. the Soto and the Mookie Betts one. Perfectly understandable. Do you have a sleeper candidate for any for at least for your league or the National League that you think could win the MVP this year? I know this is the main yeah. conversation, but now that you brought it up. Yeah, you know, I think that there are some interesting targets for the MVP. I mean, Otani is not a sleep early because I just did not realize that they have this man at the fourth best odds to win a Hill MVP. Wow. But Holy Brandon, cow, really? Yeah, well, that's amazing. Mike Trout, you know, Mike Trout's plus 300. So anytime that you have a guy that's plus 300, everyone else just kind of goes the way of the dodo bird. Uh, but I think that Shohei, if this Angels team can find a way to be good, but they don't have enough pitching, maybe Otani can get in there. I don't think that the AL has a sleeper. I think in the NL, though, things are a bit more wide open to where maybe if Christian Yelich just is phenomenal in this season Mm -hmm. and the Brewers win that division when really everyone's just kind of picking the Cardinals because they got Nolan Arenado, if Yelich can be that kind of uh, stud player he was, he can win another MVP, maybe. But again, I think that the the mountain is stacked against him because one of these Dodgers is going to go off, right? One of Bellinger Mm -hmm. and Betts is going to go off. So they're going to be ahead of him because they're going to have a better record. Tatis is going to be incredible. And then Soto is one of the best players in baseball. So if the Nationals are even respectable, maybe he can take home the hardware, hardware too. So he's kind of buried a little bit in that regard. But but it's going to be fun betting on all the action at BetOnline.ag, promo code locked on. I actually like um, some of the there's – a, there's a couple regular season – MVP candidates, because I'm looking at it now, too, because I want to, you know, fill myself in. This is just an interesting kind of conversation, I feel like, heading forward. But for the MVP, I don't know. There's, are we sure that what's-his-face can't do it? We're, I don't see um Alex Bregman. Am I biased because I drafted him in fantasy? Yeah, maybe. Maybe just a little uh, bit. But Alex Bregman. Oh, no, he's, he's fifth. He's fifth. He's or wait, fifth, one, yeah. two, three, four. So Alex Bregman could do it. I kind of like DJ LeMay a little bit. I, I'll be honest with you. I know it's I know it's taboo to say this about a Nationals player, but I love Alex Bregman. I love watching Alex Bregman play baseball. He's fun. He's fun. I know that the people got on him. I remember in, in school, like right before, they were making fun of Alex Bregman. Back before, like just some kids that I walked um into into the into our school's radio station. This one kid was like, you know, 
Bregman, like, you know, he's he's always saying, like, oh, I knew we were gonna win. Like, what do you mean you knew you were gonna win? No, you didn't. All this stuff. And it's like, well, it's called just you know speaking and like being confident like that's fine i have no issue with that i i wonder what that kid looking back like what that kid had to say about the astros going (laughs) forward but um yeah i like those guys vladdy guerrero jr the vladdy guerrero hype because of the weight loss i think has gotten a little out of control but i also really want to see him do well so i can't i don't really know how to balance that all that much and then i think like you said for the nfl what if the what if the Blue Jays just come out here and the Blue Jays are incredible and they're like better than mm-hmm. the Rays? Somebody has to somebody has to make that happen. And the most likely candidate, I think, is Vladdy, to where gonna boost his odds a bit so you don't lose the house if he does pull off this miracle season in Toronto or wherever they're gonna play this year. I mean, maybe they're gonna still play in Buffalo. I don't really know the ins and outs of the Blue Jays, and you listen to Locked On Blue Jays for that. But mm-hmm. the MVP yeah. race is fun. It's fun to talk about. Yeah, I think that. Pete Bobby Alonso. Jr. Though. Bobby Witt Jr. is going to win the uh, MVP for the Royals. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> what, what are his odds right now? I don't even see them. Are they not out there? Yeah, I don't not really on the board, but right. I'm, I'm going to yeah, contact my people over at BetOnline.ag. <laughs> I'm going to contact my people over there and say to give me some Bobby Witt Jr. odds. They're going to put him at like plus a million, and I'll be able to just cash in right there because it's going to be the first ever player to only play in Arizona Fall League as his only minor league experience, but right to the big leagues and win the MVP same year. Mm-hmm. I feel that. I feel that. But anyway... Let's continue on, I think, with uh, our main discussion. And one of the things I wanted to add to this uh, this time is add any other contracts we think might be now perceived as bad. You know what I mean? We already talked about the ones that we voted we, we chose last time, but I want to talk about ones that I think have at least started to arise more because of the course of last season. Granted, 60-game season, a lot of stuff happening, especially for guys who struggled I think you got to be a little bit careful. If you struggled, you know, I don't know if I want to totally use the numbers. If you did well, that's fine. But especially if you weren't, you know, having a good season, it was just such a, you know, crap show last year. So in a lot of ways, but some of the ones that I'm adding to this, all right, I have three, I have three. And the first one I'm going to add is, is, is one that I know, I know the Nationals fans, they got a soft spot for him. But the first one I'm going to add is Steven Strasburg. Steven Strasburg is, I mean, He's just, he is Mr. Injury. You know what I mean? I'd say, unless if Troy Tilowitzki was still in the league, he would be the only one. Actually, there's actually one more guy that I'm going to bring up in a second. The only one of three guys that they're arguably more known for how often they're hurt amongst baseball fans versus how much they produce. Steven Strasburg, ace quality pitcher, borderline S tier top five pitcher when he's going good, like he was um, that last season when they won the, the World Series. But I mean, think about it. This guy threw five innings last season. Is this one of those guys? Are his best years already behind him? Not to mention the health risks. Are his best years already behind him? And they're not, are they not even going to get anything from him? Because I don't see how it could get better for him, especially if year one of your contract, you're already getting hurt. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's, I think that his talent level is still there, but you're right. The injuries, I just, I have to assume, and that's the sad part about it is, I have to assume Whenever, like if I was the managers, the manager of the Nationals and you're kind of right, right now around this time, you know, we're at the middle of March, end of March, you're kind of planning out what you want to have happen this year. Let's say that you have you know, a thousand innings to get through to make it through the season. Of those innings, I have to assume that even though Scherzer, I mean, excuse me, even though Strasburg might be my two or three in the rotation, I have to assume that while he's there talent-wise, like talent innings-wise, he's, he's going to miss half the season. I just have to assume that. Mm-hmm. And then if he doesn't, 
I am perfectly happy with that, obviously. But I need to prepare myself for him to miss half the year. And anytime you have to do that and you're paying him big money to prepare yourself that he'll miss half the year, it's never a good thing. But whenever he's on, he's on, of course. But I, I just, yeah, I think that it's a bad contract because I think that he will continue to get hurt, sadly, even though we hope he doesn't. It's one of those contracts where I don't want to quite call it like it's not a bad deal. You had to make this deal. You just won the World Series. Keep your ace. That's I, I'm not faulting the Nationals. I'm just saying I think that in a couple years we might be like, oh, I don't know about I don't know, Jim. I don't know, Jim. It's a seven year, two hundred forty five million dollar contract, by the way, for everybody that wants to know. Um, so, yeah, Steven Strasburg. Is this me being a little jilted, a little biased because I drafted him in fantasy last year? Maybe. Maybe, maybe just a little bit, but I really do think that Strasburg, it's just, it feels like too many things need to go right for this guy. So I think at some point we're going to see this guy making, you know, 35 million a year and he's just pitching maybe 80 innings a year. I mean, it could, it could get really dark real quickly, but then again, Nationals fans, they won the World Series and they had that amazing Howie Kendrick moment. So in a lot of ways, I bet they don't even mind all that much. He is kind of there and he really was their guy. You know what I mean? Like he was there. I still remember when the stories if if not for Bryce Harper, Steven Strasburg was Mr. National for a while. He was the guy that I tuned into and ESPN Zimmerman, and they yeah, were like, and, and Zimmerman too. But Strasburg, everyone's like, this is, it was like a, an urban legend almost the way they talked about this guy coming up. They're like, the Nationals haven't been good in so long and they have their new hope. Here's coverage here at ESPN. We're talking about Sports Center. Like, look at the stands. All of the fans are hype. I distinctly remember like getting up for like summer camp or something like that. I think at the, you know, my middle school age and turning on the TV and they're talking about it and he has like a pretty exciting start. Like, he really was a lot, a lot of hype around him. Uh, on the come up and then Bryce Harper comes in and just becomes makes Strasburg's hype look like a like those little little (laughs) they're not firecrackers but those things that you throw out the ground on fourth of July or whatever that make a little sound effect compared to the the like the atom bomb that was Bryce Harper's level of hype I mean I just I still remember watching that first game I don't know about you did you watch Harper's first game because I remember I did and I was just like absolutely it was so exciting listen I was like they called him LeBron you know there's two players I skipped everything and watch debut one was bryce harper mm-hmm. the second one okay <laughs> it was a friday afternoon it, it, it was right as, as the season started you know they manipulated service time chris bryant made his debut mm. in the afternoon of a mm. school day i faked sick so well that morning i <laughs> faked sick to make sure i could watch chris bryant's debut and now look at him he's on the trading block and is just kind of a forgotten soul. But I thought Chris Bryant was going to be this Hall of Fame, can't miss kind of guy. I had to see his debut, and then it turned into that. I will say for Strasburg, though, as we're talking about his contract, mm-hmm. it would be a huge blow to the ego for sure. But if he has another year or two where he's getting hurt constantly and he's not making it as a starter, what if you just put him in the bullpen and said, you know what? Get yourself ready, get your body ready, and then for one inning every couple of nights, you just give me everything you freaking have, and you'll be this dominant bullpen arm for us, and, and you'll be able to elongate your career a little bit that way. Mm. Huge mm. bowl of the ego, and I know that he wants to be a starter, but if this trend continues, that might be a way to salvage some of this. Mm. Mm. That's a good one. That's a good point, I mean. That's a good point. Um yeah, I mean, I mean, Tim Lincecum famously uh, was turned into a reliever. I think that's one of the more famous ones we have and helped them win a World Series. So for him, it's great. Um, all right. So I've got a couple more 
All right, let's 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 get right through these. And the next one is an obvious one. I feel like we don't need to talk about it much because it's so obvious. I can't believe we didn't bring it up last time. But Miguel Cabrera, uh, yeah. Miggy, love him to death. He's awesome. Like he, he really just as a pure hitter was the only guy for a stretch that I think I would have taken as a hitter over Mike Trout. Um, at least for a stretch when he was still in his prime. Then he signs the contract, and more power to him. Um, but yeah, that one's really rough and. It wasn't long after that the Tigers were bad. That's why I think it should be brought up. While, you know, at least the Nationals did get a World Series, and this is kind of like a reward contract that they gave him. For Miguel Cabrera, it was they were expecting to really be competitive, and they weren't able to do that. So shout out to Miguel Cabrera, still an all-timer for sure, but that one's up there. Um, this one's kind of funny almost. Jason Hayward, three years, he's got three years, $65 million remaining. He's making 20, 20, uh, $21 million this year for the Cubs. I totally forgot about Jason Hayward. Jay Hay, as they sometimes say, um, was one of the guys that like he was supposed to be that final piece for the Cubs. And really, because the Cubs won the World Series is why I don't think they really care right now. But and because he has that apparently like Aaron Sorkin level speech, apparently in the locker room, which is what everybody said that got them the famous Rolabana speech in Kansas City. Yeah, the Rolabana speech. There's something to be said for those speeches, but I'd say that one is is pretty bad he's not like an awful player but at that contract absolutely awful like genuinely pretty deplorable and he was once like a top prospect in all of baseball and i guess it just didn't really pan out instead he just became a regular a guy you wish you could have but you'd rather have him at a salary of like say brett gardner versus you know what he has right now um and the last one i think that needs to be brought up is one that i've noticed you know me i'm plugged into new york media twitter so i notice all this stuff <laughs> It's got to be brought up, Giancarlo Stanton. Oh, this one is. Bobby. Oh man, it's seven years, two hundred and eight million dollars remaining on his contract. Okay, that hmm. Stanton, when he's healthy, man, is awesome and kind of so nonchalantly awesome. By the way, I, I hate his swing. It's the most winky dink little boop swing in the world but it the ball exit velo is like 165 miles an hour so that's one thing but i don't know bad the yankees fans have been paying attention it's real bad uh what do you think you know i i'm gonna cut this out of my podcast because royals fans hate the yankees as every fan base does <laughs> we were robbed as baseball fans because of his health and, and i hope that he's healthy this year because as baseball fans we should have a home run chase between him and judge I want them both to be healthy and both be battling each other for the home run race. It happens in New York. It gets baseball back into the spotlight. And we just need that as a sport to get back some relevance. And we're proud of that so far. And I hope that they can both stay healthy and both kind of turn this around this year. But it, it's hard to consider anything a bad deal for the Yankees. They just can make True. anything go away and just print money, it feels like. Uh, but going back to Jay Hay, you're right about the prospect thing. That was my... That was one of the first games I ever remember that, that ESPN picked up as a spring training game. Cause oh look, Jay Hay made it to Brave Spring Training. We gotta, we gotta show it. We gotta show it. And I, I that's my first time watching Jay. I think he had like a, a wild triple or something, and it was just awesome in that first game in spring training. But my only addition to this, Trevor Bauer. Again, All right. okay, do it. it. Speak it, on it now. It's hard to say the Dodgers are wasting money because it's the Dodgers, but I know he has all the opt-outs and I know that Trevor Bauer is a crazy person. So he could go and have a terrible year this year and then opt out just for fun. But 
you just paid a guy this amazing AAV. And he has a four ERA in his career. He has a 3.9 ERA for his career. He's had one good season. Before last year, he was cutting himself with a drone and it was a mess and was throwing balls over the center field wall. <laughs> he couldn't he couldn't get out the sorry Royals that year. He was a mess. He was a disaster uh, before mm-hmm. last year. And, and a disaster, not in the sense of like a Chris Young type guy, but a disaster in the sense of like he was a, a mediocre pitcher, not worth what you just gave him in, in L.A. And if I had to bet, we all talk about sample size and we all talk about numbers in baseball. Then why are we basing Trevor Bauer on a 73 inning sample size? We have an entire, we have an entire booklet of, of Trevor Bauer already. We have a thousand innings and in those a thousand innings, he's been a 3.9 ERA type of guy. That's, that's not worth like just all the money they dished out to him, in my opinion, for him to be an a, a, a average pitcher. I don't think that you do that, but it's the Dodgers. So they can afford to do that. It's not, like it's another organization. I just think that you could look at this and say, ah, probably shouldn't have done that one, but it's okay. It's whatever it is. But that's kind of the way the Dodgers view bad contracts. They can kind of get out of it. Absolutely. That's a great point. But I agree. Now, granted, I think the Dodgers are just saying, screw it. Like you said, they are the Dodgers. And if he turns out good, great. If he turns out just okay, i.e. someone who's maybe got like a an ERA just above three, but gets like 250 Ks, something like that. And maybe has a couple playoff moments. They're like, all right, screw it. We only have him for a few years. So I do agree. The average annual, definitely an albatross, but I don't, I think I disagree a little bit in terms of the, the whole contract as a whole being super bad, but Ryland, I also want to talk about, we've been, we've been kind of a little bit negative on this pod. I don't know. I don't know if you've noticed that we've been a little bit, a little bit negative. I also want to talk about, good contract values and some of the good heading into the baseball season in general on this little fun Friday uh, pod we're doing. But also I want to talk about something else that has a lot of value. I want to talk about something else that is good with a capital G and those, my friend Ryland, what do you think I'm about to say? Those are the built bars, ladies and gentlemen. They're <laughs> Thank the you best for not letting me answer the question. Protein <laughs> bars in the world. I mean, they've got they're amazing with low calories, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, an amazing tasting protein bar covered in 100% chocolate. I've been talking about them for literally a year now, shouting from Mount Olympus practically how great they are. But now is the time. You know, it's it's March Madness, but it's also time for built bar madness this everybody today's matchup guys today's matchup is a real interesting one it is caramel brownie versus double chocolate what do you think rylan of this matchup you know what caramel brownie is incredible now again to my audience and now to you i'm going to corrupt your audience as well i don't care which built bars you tried tasted or had or what your opinions are about these built bars, what I want you to do is join me in my quest to rig this matchup and rig this tournament. I want you to stuff the ballot boxes for cookies and cream. That's the best tasting protein bar. But of this specific matchup, I got to go with caramel brownie. You know what? I am going to actually agree with you on that caramel brownie. I love, I'm a big caramel person. I voted out, I think, the peanut butter brownie flavor previously in another matchup. But the caramel brownie, it just works. The double chocolate—it's it's a little bit too much for me. A little, a little bit too much. much. A little bit too much chocolate. But guys, still, if you you know you if you can't get enough uh, built bar madness, go to builtbar.com or to at built underscore bar on Twitter to keep in mind you know and 
keep up with all the rest of their flavors. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best-tasting protein bar of them all. <laughs> 